This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. For a word of prayer. Father, as we look into your word of life, please speak to us. Teach us your word by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And this is what it says. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So what's that scripture saying to us? There is the old and there is the new. Right? It says, put on the new as you continue to learn to know your creator and become like him. There's a connection you must make there that your learning is supposed to produce a transformation. It's like going to school. You go to school to learn to be a teacher, a nurse, a doctor, an engineer, whatever it is you go to school to study. Can you imagine the colossal waste? Somebody goes to medical school. An average student that comes out of a medical school in America comes out with a load of nothing less than $200,000. Can you imagine you go through all of that and you come out, you don't become? That's a colossal waste. The same is true for us. So when we go to school and we're learning, the purpose of our learning is so that when we finish from school, we can become something that we were not. So if I go to college for four years and I come out and I'm still the same person I was before I went to school, I have not become something other than what I used to be, then there's a problem. This is also true for us as believers. When we come to church, we read the Bible, we hear sermons, we pray, we do all of these things. The whole idea is that as we're learning, we can become. We can become like Christ. You know that my life is transformed little by little, but I'm being changed. Every day I'm being changed. Romans 12 says the same thing to us. You know, it said, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Is that not true? It said, don't conform, but be transformed. The way we get transformed is by acting on the word of God that we hear all of the time. Jesus came to show us the way. And the way is himself. He's the way. John 14, 6 tells us that. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If anyone, comes to, anyone that wants to come to the Father will have to come through me. The disciples of Jesus were called for the first time. They were called Christians in Antioch. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Acts eleven twenty six. 26. And here's what it says. He said, when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both, them, both of them stayed there with the church for a full year. Listen now. Teaching large crowds of people, it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. You know why? They looked at them. They said, these guys are behaving like that man that called himself the Christ. So they called them Christ-like. They were becoming. They were transforming. They were changing. The question that we have for ourselves today 
is what am I becoming? Am I becoming anything other than what I used to be? Now, praise the Lord. The letters and the epistles that were written to the churches, uh, when you read first, uh, the epistle of John, first epistle, second epistle, third epistle, you read Ephesians, you read all of these letters that were written, those letters were written particularly a lot of times to address specific things that were going on in the church. So the way the apostles did it back then, because they couldn't be in more than one place at a time, so if they're in a certain location and reports come back to them that such and such is the state of the church over there, so what they do is they write them a letter. And then they will say, read the letter to the church. Let them know this is what I have said concerning this issue. When you read 1 Corinthians, you see very clearly there that some report had come to Paul, and based on the report that had come to him was the reason why he wrote that letter to the church. And the author of the, uh, we've been doing a series, like uh, maybe three months now, and then we segued and we did intentional living, we did get smart, we did all of that in between. I'm going back to first epistle of John now. This epistle, like I told you before, John wrote to the believers towards the end of his, of, of his life. He's, he's now very old and is concerned about the church. You know, remember, John walked side by side with Jesus. So continuously in this letter, you see him affirming that. That the stuff I'm telling you are not stuff I'm saying by myself. This is what, this is the message that we have had from the beginning, and the same I am passing on unto you. So in 1 John chapter 4, we read 1 to 4 last Sunday. 1 John chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes, and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be, with the, uh, to be the Savior of the world. What I want you to really see there is, we have seen with our eyes, and now we testify. So what is he saying? He's saying the stuff I'm writing to you, what I'm saying to you is stuff that I learned from the Savior, from the Master himself. So as we continue this study, I want you to understand that what we are reading is direct lessons or message from Jesus himself. Remember, uh, John was one of those that was directly discipled by Jesus. So I want us to read First uh, John. Uh, our text today will be taken from First John chapter 4, 7 through 12. 7 to 12. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, 
We surely, somebody say we surely. We surely ought to love each other. Reciprocity. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. You see, the first verse we read there, coming out the gate, it says, let us continue to love one another. What that should tell you is that the apostle, either what has come to him or he has observed that the church was becoming selfish. People were becoming self-centered. It was all about me and what I can gain and get for myself. One of the things I like so much about the meeting we had yesterday with the men is a lot of the people that were speaking were talking about how we can help one another. If I have knowledge of something, I am happy to share it. Someone said, I don't want to be the only pharmacist in the group. I want other people to become a pharmacist and I'm willing to help them in whatever capacity I can. Right? Somebody else talked about IT, IT training. And I remember AK and Ben, they, they started a Splunk training. But only one person responded. Or many people responded. Then he thinned out and it was one person. Did one person finish? They two didn't finish. They finished. Did they get certification? They got the certification. That is the part where you put your hands together. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so proud. Because Splunk is the future. Yes? Splunk? Splunk is the future. <laughs> if you don't know what Splunk is, ask them. They are the ITs. But so that's, a, that's what it means. In the church, we're supposed to have love for one another. So that's what it opens the door with. And when you look in the New Testament, there are a few words that are translated love in the English language. You know, and that's why one of the things that makes it difficult to interpret scripture sometimes if you're just reading the English language. For example, if you read John chapter 21, John 21 from uh, uh, 15 to 17, Jesus is having a conversation with uh, Peter. He says, Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, I said, do you love me more than this? He said, yes, Lord, replied Peter. You know I love you. He then said to him, then feed my lambs. In verse 16, he asked him the same question. Do you love me more than this? He said, yes, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And then in verse 17, he asks him the same question again. Do you love me more than this? When you go and you check the, the Greek word that they are throwing back at each other there, you see they are different. Right? When Jesus said to Peter, do you love me more than this? He said, do you agape me more than this? Peter responded to him, yes, Lord, I phileo you more than this. You know, so they understood each other, but we don't understand that because what you're reading is, do you love me? I love you. But they are saying two different words there. So the agape love is the God kind of love. It's the selfless, self-sacrificing, self-yielding, self-whatever. It's not about me. It's about the other person. 
That's agape. Phileo, Phileo is, uh, you know, you're my body. I like you, I like you, but I can't die for you. <laughs> as much as I like you, you know, if you get into trouble, you're on your own. Do you understand? It's a body kind of love, right? But both of them are translated love in the English language. But they are saying two different things. When you read in Mark chapter 12, verse 38, in Mark 12, 38, Jesus said, he said, Jesus also taught, beware of these teachers of religious law. For they like to parade around in flowing robes. Can we read this in New King James? The like there is love. I just want you to see the word love. How about that? No. Mark 12, 38. Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes. Love greetings in the marketplaces. The, love, the word love there is neither agape and nor phileo. It's phileo. Right? It's also it's very similar to phileo, but they are different words. Do you understand the point I'm trying to make here? So, you know, so, but when the love, the kind of love we're talking about, where Jesus said you must love one another, the love is referring to is the agape kind of love. The selfless kind of love. The self-sacrificing kind of love. The love that says, you can go ahead. Go ahead of me, that's okay. If you're blessed, I will celebrate with you. You know, And I know you going ahead of me cannot stop me from prospering. That's one of the things somebody said on our meeting yesterday. You know, So, when, we, when you look at all of this, the Bible talks a whole lot about love. Again, when you ask anybody, you say, which chapter is the chapter of love in the Bible? We all refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And that is true. It really talks about the qualities of this kind of love that we're talking about. But when you read 1 John chapter 4 from 7 to 21, in whichever form, whether in the noun form, agape, or the verb form to love, agapao, the word love is mentioned like 27 times. So the apostle is hammering. He's saying, guys, the way to make a difference is by loving one another. The way to make a difference is by sacrificing yourself for your brother. It's by standing in the gap for one another. It's by being there for your brother. It's by being there for your sister. He said that's the way to make a difference. It does not matter their skin color. It does not matter their political affiliation. No matter what anyone created in the image of God deserves our love. Listen to this. John 3.16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I had a conversation with uh, Pastor Cole yesterday and he was sharing an experience with me. It is amazing that America till today still remains a Christian country. It is. There's millions of people attending church services as we speak on this day. Whether online or in person. Some churches have multiple services. There's millions of people in church today as we speak. 
So why is it that we have so much tension and division in the country? It should tell you something, that those of us that are called believers, we are obviously not living out our faith. Because if we are living out our faith, the divide should not be so sharp. Regardless of who you are, libertarian, or is that what they call it? Libertarian, uh, Republican, uh, Democrat, whatever your political affiliation, you are a child of God. First and foremost, I'm a child of God. You know, time will not permit me. I will tell that story another day. But it's important that we begin to pay attention to ourselves. If our country is where it is today, it means that we are not playing the role that we're supposed to be playing. We can disagree, and that's okay. Amen? That's okay. Variety is the spice of life. But the fact that you disagree, you disagree with me does not make you my enemy. Because we are first and foremost, what? Believers, children of God. So why must we love one another? I have three reasons I propose here. Number one, if you are following on the app, the first blank there is a theological reason. A theological reason. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 that we just read, it says, let us continue to love one another. It's a direct instruction of scripture to you and I. It means there's maybe they started off loving. Remember, in the book of Acts, the Bible says everybody sold whatever it was they had and they brought all their resources together so that there was no lack amongst them. But as time went on, because the rest of the people in the church now, they did not walk side by side with Jesus, so the impact of that love is beginning to wane. So the apostle is writing to them. He said, let us continue. Don't be weary. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. He said, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired in well-doing. Say, ah, I, I have helped this person. I helped that person. I helped the other one. God is still blessing you. The more you give, the more you, that comes to you. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So don't be tired. Don't say, I've given so much, I'm not giving anymore. Let them go and look for somebody else. Oh. It's because the blessing of God is upon your life. They saw the other person before they came to you. You know, and they figured, maybe they even spoke to the person, the person couldn't help them. If God has given you resources to be of help to the body, be of help to another believer. He said, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God. And anyone who doesn't love is a child of who? The, the one that doesn't love. He said the one that loves is a child of God. So the one that doesn't love is a child of who? I, I didn't say it too. <laughs> but he's just saying, I'm just saying, so what's the converse? If, if anyone that loves God is a child, of, uh, that loves is a child of God, he said, that person also knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. God is love. The very essence of God, the nature of God is love. Hallelujah. And he says this is real love. 
Not that we loved him, but he loved us and gave us his only son. Uh, John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13 said, This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. We have talked about this so much in recent times. You know why? That we are reading the letter. The many times loving one another has been mentioned in the epistle that we are reading, then we have talked about it in church. So don't get tired of hearing it. The apostle wrote it to them and he was repeating it over and over again so that it can have the right kind of impact. My question to you is simple. The much that you have had about loving one another, how has that transformed the way you lived? Have you helped anyone more than you have helped in the past because of what you now know? You know, we, we like new salmon topics. And I like to bring you new salmon topics. You know, but I'd rather we leave the salmon topics that we have had and let it become part of our lives, even if it means that's the same thing we're talking over and over again in, different, uh, uh, in a different way. Number two, number two reason why we must love one another. So number one is a theological one because the Bible says so. Number two is a reciprocal reason, a reciprocal reason. In 1 John 4, 11, it says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely, somebody say we surely, we surely, we surely ought to love each other. The way God loved us is God gave us his only begotten son. If you may, God gave us all he had. He gave it for you. He gave it for me. Amen? It says it shouldn't be a problem for you and I to give the only thing for another brother, for another sister. It doesn't, you see, God, God was not judging us when he gave Jesus. He didn't say, oh, look at them, they are also messed up, they are not good children. I won't, ah, me, send my son to go and die for these uh, horrible sinners. God forbid. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God was not in the process judging us. But in, in our act of love, what do we do? We judge the people that we want to help, and then we say, no, no, this one doesn't qualify. But in God, giving his only begotten son for you and I, he didn't judge us. Amen. The Bible says, you know, you know that scripture, uh, Romans 5, 8, my favorite one. It says, he did it while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, he did it. He gave Jesus. Hallelujah. And number three is a practical, a practical reason. First John chapter 4, verse 12. He said, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, listen close now. If we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. What's he saying? He said, because nobody has ever seen God before. The only way people that don't know God will see God is by acts of love that we show to one another. Amen. He says, no one ever has seen God. But if we love each other and we give full expression to the love that is shared abroad in our heart, that is how the world will experience God. 
So when they see you, they see God. Somebody is afraid. When you see me, you have seen God. As I live up, live out my faith, I live it out loud. I show love. I'm kind to my brother. I'm kind to my sister. My, my fridge is loaded with ribs, with steak, with all kinds of things. Because, uh, God bless you, brother. <laughs> Somebody showed me kindness. He said, huh, this, this is our pastor that his wife is not home. <laughs> but my daughters were saying to me, you know, daddy, every time mommy travels, you lose weight. So we have agreed, the twins, say we have agreed between ourselves that this time around you will not lose weight. <laughs> I said, but I, I am intentional. I want to lose weight by myself. <laughs> it's not because of hunger or lack of food. I just want to lose weight by myself. Oh, okay, if that's what you want. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The best form of evangelism among believers is love. Somebody said, Nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Nobody cares what you know. Let's sit down. Let me teach you scripture. Nobody cares. Until they know you care, they don't care what you know. So keep that at the back of your mind. So how do we love one another? How do we love one another? Number one, I say advanced forgiveness. How do I show my love? What's your name, my sister? Ijeoma. How do I show love to Ijeoma? How do I show love to Katie? Advanced forgiveness. Here's what I mean. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 from 1 through 3. I think it's cold. Ijeoma is, uh, she's trying to be cute about it, but I think she's catching cold. <laughs> Ephesians 4 from one, through, uh, 1 to 3. said, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Listen, watch close now. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making, let's, can we read it together? Let's read it, the last part. Making allowance for each other others fault because of your law. What I mean by advanced forgiveness here is understand that I am not perfect. Amen? Amen. I will disappoint you. If I haven't yet, I think it's in the future. <laughs> you just be like, what the heck? Did pastor just do that? Did he just say that? You know, I've, I've matured now. Before, I've just, <laughs> I've said things that have gotten me in trouble. Let, let's just put it like that. But I've, much, I've matured a little bit more now. But I know that you are not perfect. You are on your journey there. I know you will mess up. I know you will mess up. A lot of times, people have expected me to get angry. You know, but I said, okay, well, it's happened, it's happened. What, are, what can we do? You know, we're reviewing the service last week. Uh, the last Sunday service we were reviewing during the week, you know, and it was like, oh, this mistake that happened. They thought I would get angry. I'm like, you're trying. The only thing that is bad is if the same mistake you made four weeks ago, you made three weeks ago, you made two weeks ago, you are making today, that's not a mistake. 
That's you just not being serious about what you're doing at all. Amen? So, advanced forgiveness is one of the way we love one another. So, when a brother offends, when a sister offends, they don't try to cut off their head like you have never offended before. Because you have power and authority over them, now you want to eat them raw. You know, no, we are all prone to mistakes. Amen? Galatians 6, uh, verse 1, it says, if a brother falls in, he said, those of you that are mature, he said, help him to come back up, not knock him down, the father. You know, number two. So number one, I said, advance forgiveness. So even if the sin is current, forgive. Look at your neighbor, say, forgive. I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Whatever that brother or that sister has done, forgive them. Forgive, I beg you. Number two, how do I show love? How do, I, how do we love one another? We love one another by motivating one another. I am confident, well, to a certain extent, that if they had not offered that course on Splunk, Splunk training is how much? From $2,000. And you did it for how much? For zero. For zero dollars. For zero dollars. And the individual has the certification now. The next thing is a job. You know, good job. They don't have to do double. Say, Let me pull. Is there extra shift? <laughs> hey, let me pick extra shift. You are not making enough money yet. When you begin to make enough money, in fact, you don't have time. Talk less of extra what? I have better things to do with time. That's what you're going to tell them. Listen. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. He said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Seek opportunities to motivate each other. Let's motivate ourselves. You see a brother that is dragging feet. You know, I did for almost two or three months. I was mentoring a group of people. Every Wednesday, I was on the call with them, mentoring them, scrum masters. I didn't charge anything. I don't need to charge anything. God has blessed me. If God has blessed me with such knowledge, and I know it can benefit others, I've been talking about this thing, you know, some people still don't, but it's okay, God will help you. God will help you. Number three, how do we love one another? How do we love one another? Number one, advanced forgiveness. Number two, motivating each other. Number three, serving each other. Serving each other. You know, uh, I don't like to give examples of myself because the number one conclusion where you are the pastor now. <laughs> you know, so people will come around for you. You know, but I hear of church members that are rallying around one another. This morning, this morning, one of the ministers sent a text. I just saw the text as I was sitting there that, oh, pastor, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make our regular prayer this morning. Why? They were cooking.
for somebody else that just had a baby in the church and took the meal to them this morning. They didn't have to do that. They don't have to do that. You know, the, the, one of the challenges we have is too many people are too into themselves. Nobody calls me. Nobody visits me. Nobody me this. Nobody me that. That's the, exactly the problem. Because you are too self-absorbed in yourself. It's all about you. The moment you begin to look at other people and you begin to meet other people's needs, surprisingly to you, it will just seem like everybody now notices you. All of a sudden, your phone is ringing off the hook. People are calling you. People are, so how you doing, bro? How you doing, sis? But if you are just waiting, let me see if anybody will call. Nobody will call. Nobody will call. Amen? You call somebody else. You show love. Let's be, let us serve one another. Let's, uh, Galatians chapter 5 from verse 13. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and my sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to what? Serve one another in love. In love. There is somebody you can lift up their hand. I'm telling you the truth. It doesn't matter how low you think you are. There is somebody that you can lift up. You might be low in one area, but you are not low in every area. You know, so because I am low in this area, I now let the lowliness here now press on everything else and then I'm depressed. No! Something may not be working out for me, but not everything is not going wrong. Does that make sense? I didn't say it well. In fact, the way I had it is not. So, I may have one thing not working, but there are many other things that are working. You are alive at the very minimum. If I don't know anything else, you say, I don't have a job, I can't pay my bills, I don't do, 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 do. The reason you can complain is because you are alive. The dead cannot complain. The dead in the grave is not worried about mortgage notes or car notes. They have left that to the people that survived them. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You say, oh, nothing is working out. You are a liar. You are alive. The fact that you can complain about it tells me something is working because you are alive. Hallelujah. Number four, very quickly. Obeying God's commandment. We're talking about how do I love my neighbor? How do I show love? By obeying God's commandment. Romans chapter 13, 8 to 10. It says, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. It is a commandment by God that you and I will love one another. I want you to continue to seek opportunities to be a blessing. Don't be too consumed with who is going to help me, who is going to give me. Seek opportunity to be a blessing. You will be surprised how suddenly your problems are minimal. Nothing has changed. The problems are still there. 
but it's not biting you and eating you up the way it's been eating you up. Why? Because it was eating you up because it's the only thing you think about. Uh, no, nothing is working, and nobody's helping. Even the church, even the pastor. He just calls himself pastor. I don't even know why he even calls himself pastor. Don't worry. God called me pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He called me and made me pastor. You know, and I don't, I don't pretend to have it all together. I don't have it all together. I'm still a work in progress in the hands of God. You know, so don't be self-focused. Don't be self-absorbed. So much so that you can't think of anything else. Seek opportunities to be a blessing. In conclusion, I quoted uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 there. Love is kind, patient, not jealous, or boastful, or proud, or rude. Doesn't keep record of wrong, nor rejoice over injustice. Doesn't demand its own way. Love never fails. Love never gives up. Love uh, uh, never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. Love covers a multitude of sin. Forgive. Move past it. It has happened. It, you say, I can, I can never forget what she did to me. You may not forget, but forgive them and move on. Amen? Forgive and move on. Love covers a multitude of sin. And whatever it is that is reminding you of the wrong they have done, if it's something you can physically remove, remove it so that it stops reminding you. Why put the image there so that you can, you can continue to remain mad? Love covers a multitude of sin. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And uh, number three, faith only works by love. You know, some people say, I have faith. I have great faith. If there's no love, your faith will not work. Let's, let's rise to our feet as we pray and close. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.